welcome back to another episode of Pretty Suited Podcast. It's your girl, Lauren A. And Happy New Year. One time for 2023. Y'all, I have been looking forward to this new year. I know, I know everybody says new year, new me and all that other crap. But there's some validity to it. I mean, you know, we all want to start fresh, start new, you know, try to discover what we need to change, how we need to change it, um, put ourselves in the best position, all that good stuff. So why not like boo to the peanut gallery who always has something to say about somebody wanting to start fresh in the new year. So because I'm one of them. I yes, I had my resolutions written down when the clock strike 12 and I put it in my pocket and all that other superstitious stuff. Cause I don't play those games when, you know, I'm serious about my manifestations this year. I'm serious about my intentions. I'm serious about, you know, my goals and, you know, so that's, that's been pretty much how I've been feeling. So I decided that I'm not going to share any of my intentions. I'm just going to do them, be action oriented, and you'll see it throughout the year. Please believe it. Okay. So this is the first podcast of 2023. Um, I took a long break, as you can tell, because I just felt like I just needed to spend as much time with my family as I should. Um, you know, just my mom, my dad, my brother, um, just, you know, really getting into the holiday spirit. Like I felt like this, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like this holiday or this past Christmas was probably the most Christmassy, um, that I have felt in a very long time. Like for some reason, of course, since COVID, like the past few years, Christmas just has just not been it. Like, you know, you didn't really feel connected to the holiday season. But this Christmas, it wasn't even about gifts. Lately, my family has been, you know, saying, hey, we're not going to do any gifts this year. We really just want to spend time with each other. And this year was the same thing. Like we legit just spent time with each other. We really, as a family, got a chance to connect again, laugh, because my family is very loud, very, you know, funny. We like to crack jokes on each other and things like that. So we got a chance to like really spend quality bonding time with each other watching old Christmas movies and baking goods and all stuff like that so it really felt like Christmassy this year I really enjoyed it um and with the new year I definitely um you know spent time with them we you know popped champagne and watched the ball drop and things like that I thought it was pretty cool um, so yeah, like, let's just get this episode started. I feel like so much has happened since the last episode, which was the beginning of December. So I thought it would be cool this um episode to talk about something that's been heavy on my mind lately, because, you know, as you date, as I'm dating and things like that going out, you know, dating in 2023 is no joke. Everybody knows that dating in 2023 is no joke. As you know, we've been hearing this argument over and over and over and over again in the blogs about who's paying 50-50, who is being submissive, who is doing what, blah, blah, blah. Like that's just literally been the conversation the past, you know, literally year or two um, with every podcast that's out. I'm not going to get into that whole 50-50 submissive thing. However, I think it is important to talk about on a career slash culture podcast, such as Pretty Suited, how women who excel in the workplace how it can be quite difficult for us to really turn it off. 
And (laughs) I know, I know, don't kill me, I know. But I think it's important for us to delve into because as we as we were making boss moves in the workplace, you know, we have to understand the importance of maintaining a balance, understanding that how to separate yourself from work from your home. And that's male or female. We This is not just female specific. If you're at the house, if you're a drill sergeant in the U.S. Army, there is no way you can talk to your wife or kids the same way you talk to your students as a drill sergeant. There's no way you can do that. Now, you know what I'm saying? They're going to look at you like, first of all, he's crazy. They're going to be afraid of you or, you know, they're going to run. Like, that's just not, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's not, you know, you can't really do that. Um, So same thing goes is if you were a boss at work, I'm not saying every boss is barking and being difficult. However, when you think about what a boss is, you think about the qualities of a boss, right? So what are the qualities of a boss? It is somebody who takes charge of the situation, somebody who makes the decisions, right? Somebody who um, is, you know, an authoritative figure, somebody who, you know, gathers people together, somebody who brings the best out of someone or group, you know, those are qualities of a boss. So when you're at home, while some of those qualities are great, like bringing people together and bringing the best qualities out of them, what isn't necessarily the most helpful in every situation is the take charge part, right? Like, let's say if you're a woman and you're the, you know, VP of finance for a company and you're used to, okay, the money goes here, the, this goes here, this, we're going to do that. And this that budget here and Q4, Q2, all that stuff like that, Right. When you get home, you may not necessarily want to do that at home. You might be good at it. You might excel in it. You might, you know, it just might be natural for you to take charge and do that. You taking charge and making all the financial decisions for the house may not be in your best interest in the long term because you're going to feel burnt out. Why are you going to feel burnt out? Well, I'll tell you because you not only are you doing all this stuff at work, but you turn around and doing it at home. Now, I'm not saying that you can't put in your input. Of course, it's money. You deal with money. You're going to know where your money's going. Don't be stupid. Okay. However, I think that let's say if your partner is very good with money as well, or can make sound decisions on where money is going, or maybe have different ideas of where to invest and all these things like that, then that's something that you could discuss with that person. And maybe every now and then they take charge where the money goes or the allocation of funds or things like that. Like, yes, you may be good at something, but it doesn't necessarily mean you want to do it all the time because sometimes, sometimes you're going to end up feeling resentful because you're burning the candles at both ends and it can just be too much. So let that person, male or female, whatever, let that, let your partner take charge sometimes and, and be able to do that. Um, but I really wanted to get into this clip that I saw from Good Mom, Bad Choices. 
about the same thing. And I saw Jamel Hill was on there. Everybody knows Jamel, Jamel Hill is someone who has, you know, broken barriers in the space of journalism when it comes to sports, particularly ESPN, um, as well as since ESPN, she has done so many great things for black women. So um, Jamel Hill was on this um, podcast and usually these women, they talk about things ranging from kids to relationships and things like that. So, you know, on this episode, they made mention of uh, how to turn off the dominance from work pretty much. So just check out this clip and tell me what you think. Interesting how you can like navigate so powerful in your career and all these other things. And then when it comes to a relationship struggle is vulnerable. And you're like, oh, I can do everything, but this is so yeah. hard. It's so costly for black people to do that. We do often have to be in spaces where we have to code switch, minimize, to shrink. We would be naive to think that did not carry over into our real personal lives. I hear on the internet, so, you know, black women are so masculine, masculine. You want to be the, the man and the woman. It's like not had you oh, right, right. Except so i can wear my flowy dress in the garden <laughs> this no, is not a choice <laughs> and so as you can see you know the woman she is making moves at work she's doing her thing she's taking the role she is being a leader she's doing her job so when she come home vulnerability what like you know allow you to take the reins what huh you know and sometimes it could be quite hard to just Turn it off. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's quite hard for us women to want to be in a masculine take charge state at all times. No, I don't know not one single female who wants to be in that kind of state at all times. Yeah, there are some women who do. Okay. But I'm just saying for the majority of women that I've come in contact, known, met, seen, observed, no one wants to be in a take charge, dominant, masculine role at all times. We don't. So if you're doing all these things at work, which you kind of have to do, because normally in order for you to succeed in a leadership position, you have to uh, demonstrate more masculine qualities than feminine which include uh, uh, practicality, assertiveness, even some aggressiveness, um, all these things that usually are associated with masculinity versus femininity is more receptive, very subtle, but impactful. So as women of color have grown in the workplace where we have become you know, more executives, become more CEOs, become more presidents, the money makers, you know, we had to have displayed more masculine traits than normal in previous years. Unfortunately, with that being said, you know, it is kind of difficult for women, you know, in these positions to take on the role of being vulnerable, allowing somebody to take charge, allowing somebody to make a decision for them, allowing someone to say, you know, my decision is better than your decision, or my decision is going to be the deciding factor versus your decision. You know, giving up that position is very difficult for somebody who doesn't do who literally this is all you do every day. So I think it's important for us to really come up with solutions rather than just like every other podcast state the problem because we all know what the problem is at this point. We've been beating this force for a while now. So I think you know, it's important for 
both parties to literally create the space. I know it's hard. I know you just worked your eight to 12, 14 hours and you know, you just want to sleep and go to bed. I get it, but you really cannot do that in this day and age where we are both on some kind of level or even aspiring to be on a, on a, on a high level. There's no way in the world that you can just neglect creating a safe space for your partner. You just can't do that. And how do you create a safe space? Well, allowing somebody to come home and decompress. Do you know in your thirties, how important it is for you to just sit in your car when you drive home from work? Like, like, let me tell you something that that is valuable time. That's valuable time because think about it. First of all, people go through some crap at work that, you know, sometimes you really just don't even want to go and tell your partner everything because they wouldn't even understand. So your time to literally just dissect and decompress what just happened to you in those hours at work is vital to you being able to uh, turn off the extra and create a safe space. I don't know if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever that you need to say, hey, okay, this happened at work today. I, my emotions may have been, you know, up and down. I blew up at Karen. This person coded, you know, this person may be a bank teller and then somebody cursed them out because they had overdraft fees, whatever the situation is, you know, you need to be able to say, Hey, this happened to me at work. The emotions that I, that I utilized at that time, I'm going to break it apart because you, you the, your emotions are already high. So you taking that into the house and now you cutting up at your partner because they left uh, something on the counter and you and the partner like, dang, it's just a cup. Okay. I'll put it in the sink, but you blowing up. And it's just like, you know, if you would have took some time to maybe just decompress a little bit, because it's not even about the cup. We all know it's not about the cup. We all know it's not about the cup. But, you know, we have to be able to be mindful of where the emotions are really going. It also means, you know, maybe keeping the house clean, sitting down, asking your partner, checking in is important. You know what I'm saying? Checking in, whether it's once a day, whether it's once a week at the end of the week, whatever, saying, hey, what is it that you need from me? What can I do? Maybe go on a date night, plan something out for each other. Y'all alternate. Okay, this week I plan it. This week you plan it. This week I plan it. That way you're, you're, you're reciprocating the energy towards each other that is positive and pouring into the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if, if I have to come home and then I'm planning, I'm doing the dishes and then I'm planning the date, I'm making sure that you're okay. And then I have to put the kids down and I have like, that's a lot to ask for one person. So there's no, and they, so that person's already going to feel like superwoman or superman because they're already doing everything. So even if you were to even try to suggest something or try to take over something, they'd be like, no, 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 I got it. And that's not healthy. And then also too, you have to understand, you know, just because the person may be the breadwinner, that does not give them the green light to make all the decisions. Now, 
if that works for your, if that works for you in a relationship, then that's fine. I'm just saying, if we're talking about creating a safe space and allowing people to be vulnerable and turn off the extra at home, then that also means, you know, hey, if you're the breadwinner and you make more most of the money, male or female, your partner's input should be appreciated. Your partner should literally be just that, a partner, a compliment, a helpmate, not just somebody who, you know, just uh, uh, mooches money off of you and don't contribute anything else. That's not a partner. That's a liability. <laughs> okay. That, that's a liability. That's not a partner. I need to be able to look at my man and his track record of decision-making and be comfortable enough to know that if something were to happen to me, or if I'm not able to make a decision for myself, that he got it and I will be okay. Like that's my ideal situation. I need to be able to be confident in this person's decision-making in my absence, in my presence, whatever the case may be. So if, you know, even if it's not something that I would do, let's say, for example, I'm just going to make an example. If if we had a choice of red and green and I would have chose red and he chose green, if the green actually turned out to be the right thing, then we won. And when is a win? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> because I can't just be mad at him for not choosing red, but when green was the actual correct answer or the better option at the time. And when is a win? You know what I'm saying? But so I, I think it's it's important for us to really, you know, trust our partners, you know, create trust within our partners, create a safe space for our partners to be their best selves. Because if not, if we're always dominating, if we're always taking the reins, if we're always making decisions, then you never really give your partner a chance to really be that backbone for you. And then you always, you know, you're going to build up the resentment. You're going to build up the hate. You're going to build up the, you know, burnt outness. And then now you're going to want out. That's just my opinion. Um, and I just wanted to just bring a different perspective to the conversation versus it just being, well, you men do this and women do this and when do like, I'm sick of hearing it. I really want to leave that in 2022. I want to start coming up with actual solutions to the issues that we're having as, you know, uh, uh, millennials and Gen X and Gen Z's. Like we really need to really start coming up with solutions to the problems versus just pointing fingers at each other. And now we just mad and divided. What's that going to do? <laughs> what is that going to do? Absolutely nothing. So yeah, let's be a little bit proactive in, in the conversation. So this next topic I think is kind of funny because it's something that I think all of us has gone through in our lives where we, you know, begin seeing someone or we start a new friend group and we are establishing ourselves in these groups and then we get into this role, right? And we kind of get stuck in the role check this clip out i might even think something is a date we're going out to dinner we're getting drinks we're gonna see a show big tight <sighs> hug deep breath oh you're such a great person off you go and i'm like what the f-? a lot of my friends will say to me like this because they have respect for you they this they that mm-hmm. but 
I just tell respect you, me then. I don't want to be disrespected, okay, but I, <laughs> there's something about my energy. It could be that wet nurse energy. Don't do this. I don't know. It's giving thanks, mom. Yeah. I have to figure out what energy I'm putting out there because I do want to make it clear I am a sexual being. I think a big a part of it is that I don't want to make men in my life feel uncomfortable either. I would like it to just flow naturally. And so I'm not going to press it because I'm like, if I am this safe space for you and I'm the person that you come to, like you're the only woman in my life that I can talk to about this kind of stuff. I don't want to violate that. But I also am finding that I get stuck in that role. So it's, it's giving, hey, mom. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Because it's true. I think I give all this energy of, you know, I got the answer. I know a lot of things. So I'm going to give you a suggestion. You know, say, hey, why don't you try this? And now you kind of give off this energy of the of a fixer, right? I give off this energy of I'm a, I'm a fixer. I'm an action-oriented person. You got a problem? What's the solution, right? Oftentimes in my dating history in the past, I found myself wanting to correct the issues that my partner was having. Like instead of instead of letting them come to a resolve on their own, I'll be like, oh, this is a problem. This is a solution. And they're like, okay, cool. And so they'll go along with it. But then like I just spoke about, they never really learned to kind of develop that on their own. And then it always left me feeling like, I'm not your damn therapist. I'm not your, I'm not your therapist. I'm not your mama. Like I don't, I shouldn't have to be the one to come up with the answer all the time. Like why, why don't you come up with the answer? And that built resentment, and we, and then we ended up not working. So I feel like in that role, I had to learn that because I naturally working in healthcare, I was you know a very much action oriented person to solve a problem to save a life. I feel like. Now I'm I'm going to say my piece. I'm going to create, I'm going to give input. I'm going to do all that, but I'm definitely not going to be anybody's fixer. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be a helper. I'm going to be a helpmate, but I am not going to be your fixer because I'm enabling you and I'm not able to allow you to literally step up to the plate to solve the problem. And that's not helping anybody. You know what I'm saying? So when she made mention of that, I was like, this is perfect because I have definitely gone through something like this. And with her being kind of stuck in the role of being like a caretaker, you know, some a very good friend, you know, somebody's mom, you know, like mom maternal, you know, like or whatever, that can be frustrating because you trying to, you looking at them like, I don't want you to see me like that. <laughs> I want you to see me as somebody who can be those things for you, but that's not all I am. You know what I'm saying? Because it kind of pigeonholes you and then I they only see you as that. And then now you're feeling like, okay, I didn't even get a chance to give you the rest of the parts because it's over. You know what I'm saying? Or you feel slighted or you feel you get ghosted or whatever case may be. And, you know, for her, I'm sure she wants to feel sexy sometimes. I'm sure she wants to feel like, you know, they look at her like she's desirable. She's, you know, lustful, whatever, whatever the case may be. I know, I know that she wants to not be pigeonheld in that role let's talk about this let's talk about this because I think this is important to mention as well I think a lot of men go from their mothers to relationships with women and never really kind of fend for themselves on their own 
you know, for the most part. And it ends up showing up later on when they aren't very action oriented people in the relationship. Right. So like, for example, like, let's say a man, you know, was in college. He um, lived at home while he was in college. He may have gotten a, you know, apartment with some roommates, uh, what have you. He met Mises girl and then they get together and then they end up um, moving in together during college or right after they graduate. And so he literally just went from his mom, maybe some roommates, maybe to a girl and really didn't have a period within between college and his lady to grow the fuck up. And so it's kind of difficult to kind of see how he's able to, you know, take care of bills on his own, how he's able to, you know, make decisions for the house, how he's able to set up appointments, how he's able to do any of these things, because he never really had to do them on his own. And then when women, when we get into the relationship with these men, we really kind of be like, well, why I got to do everything or why you can't do it? Because they never really had to. They never had to. So technically it's not his fault. You know, I can't fault you because you never really had to. And so, especially if you dealt with a mother or somebody or friends who, you know, were basically like taking the charge and doing it for them, they didn't have to do none of that. So you can't get mad at them for not having those qualities when it never had to be displayed. So even when I dated over the, like I always kind of looked at that, like, were you ever on your own? Did you ever fend for yourself for real? Because I need to know what that looks like, like what kind of decisions you make. And some men, some people, let me just say some people, because women do this too. Some people literally will seek out people with those qualities of taking charge just so that they don't have to do anything. I've definitely seen that. Like, you know, if they go from their parents to relationship, the relationship to relationship to relationship, like literally hop from relationship to relationship just so that they don't have to really take care of themselves. Like that is insane to me, but it's a thing because, you know, they don't technically really want to do it for themselves. So they're going to find people to do it for them. That happens more than you think. And so, you know, with in her situation, you know, some men might, might really cling to her because they're like, you ma- mommy number two. Like, <laughs> they're like, mommy number two. Like, we're, yes, jackpot. Like, what? That's a that's an ideal situation for some people. Like, I'm not going to lie. You have to be mindful of the energy that you're putting off. And, you know, that's why it's good to check in, you know, to see kind of like, okay, what am I doing? What, What position am I playing? Like, what's going on so that way that this person isn't, you you know, using or am I not enabling them for doing something that will make them better people? Like, that's just kind of how I think. My suggestion to her would be if she were to ask me is to, okay, if you want to get out of that role, you got to start to fall back a little bit on the mommy. You got to start, stop, you know, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> All my 90s babies know living single, Sinclair, 
woo, 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 you know, rubbing the back and everything's going to be okay. And you got a solution to the problem and you, uh, 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 let me fix it for you. Let me heal your boo boo. Like you got to stop that. You know, you have to maybe back up a little bit, give them space to make decisions for themselves. You know, even if they're venting to you, you know, kind of just sit there and, mm-hmm. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Mm hmm. And just let them talk and, you know, maybe offer a little advice, but just their role. You're you are not here to solve the problem. You are not here to fix it. You may just be here to be support. A shoulder to lean on a, a listen, listening ear, but you are not their mother. Lead them to water, but you can't make them drink. That's just not because if if you don't do that, if you don't fall back, and I know it could be hard. Believe you me, from coming from somebody who is very action oriented, like I said, it can be very hard for you not to be the problem solver. But if you really kind of want to see how other people act, you know, in their own accord, or if you really want to kind of change or allow others to see other parts of you, you kind of have to be able to showcase them when it's time and not just fall back into your most comfortable role of being Captain Save'em. You know what I'm saying? You can't keep doing that. So that would be my advice, you know, just to see what they say, you know, because um, they may even be surprised. They probably be like, I'm surprised you don't have nothing. to. I'm surprised you didn't really, really help me. I'm surprised. And you're like, I just wanted to see, you know, I just wanted to play a different position. I just wanted to see how you would respond. I just wanted to because, you know, that way they know that you are capable of doing something else surprise them that's my advice <laughs> so now we're doing watch list of the week so this watch list of the week i'm gonna take it back i'm gonna take it back because you know i really hasn't been anything that i've really been wanting to watch lately um i'm not gonna lie to you i've been flipping through all streaming services and i haven't really seen anything that i really wanted to watch so i decided to go back and uh rewatch uh, a show that literally was a staple in my house growing up and it's family matters family matters is available on hulu um, it was a couple years ago that they took it off and I think now it's back. So I just said, look, I'm finna rewatch Family Matters. It was a great show and I just want to see it again from a different lens now that I'm older, all that good stuff. And, you know, uh, I just got something to say. <laughs> I just got something to say. We never talked about how manipulative Steve Urkel was. I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. He was a nerd. He was smart. He loved himself some Laura. He was definitely giving um, a Joe from you vibes before uh, that was a thing in a playful way, but it was definitely stalkerish. He was, he had real obsession, um, but we're not going to talk about that because that, that's just all fun and games. Okay, cool. But we're not going to talk about how manipulative he was when it came to Laura, when it came to Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow, the father, 
legit developed hypertension and almost had a heart attack because of how stressed he was dealing with this damn boy. Like, like seriously, Steve would literally flatten their house. Stuff going through the window, roof caving in, falling off the roof, driving the vehicle through the, through the house, uh, burning it up. Like (laughs) this man was a menace. Okay. (laughs) A straight menace to that family. Every episode tearing up something. I don't know. They must have, I don't know. Insurance was crazy. They probably had to take out a whole, uh, 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 refinancing just to cover the insurance. This man tore up the house every episode. And in, after every time he tore something up, he used to always pull the, did I do that? And then say, they'll get mad. And then he'll say, but I love you guys. You know, my heart is broken into pieces. And, but I'll always love you, Laura. And then do this little sad face and then walk off. And then they feel guilty. And then now they have to apologize to Steve for being upset with him when he literally just trampled the house. I'm, and I just sit there and I just get so upset because I'm like, is anybody not mad at this manipulation that he's doing? This man is sick. Like, they don't saw a therapist. <laughs> His parents keep shipping him off to the house. His parents, you don't even see the parents. The parents is like, I can't even, we can't take this little man. Like, go to, go to the Winslows because we can't even tolerate this man they neglected that child (laughs) like seriously we really want to talk about it they neglected steve they were never around so they literally left him went to hawaii went to i'm sitting here in just complete disbelief though as to how manipulative he was he guilt tripped them into several different situations he will bribe laura into into going on dates with him sabotage her other dates like this man was a complete menace great show (laughs) great great show great life lessons you know there was always some kind of lesson in the end which i completely miss in today's tv because unfortunately, all to all the TV we have now is literally reality TV, and there's no moral compass. There's no, you know, uh, lesson in the end. There's no positive black figures. It's just, it's just a hot mess. And so, with that being said, you end up, you know, with a generation of children who they're literally being raised by. Instagram and and social media as opposed to having TV shows that reinforce positive behavior because the argue the argument is always well they're gonna watch it anyway they're gonna you know watch and curse and all this anyway that's fine children been cursing since the beginning of time that's not a new concept children been doing acting mischievous since the beginning of time that's not a new concept well, what is a problem that we're having now is that instead of culture reinforcing good behavior, what the right thing to do is, how you shouldn't do that, how 
instead of it doing that, it's literally just saying, do whatever you want. <laughs> just do whatever you want and be whoever you want. Do whatever you want. It's, it's, it's whatever. Just, and it's like, how is that? How is that? I know in some instances, it's a great thing. Cause yes, you can be whatever you want. You can do it. You know, you can be whomever you want to be, but there's consequences to actions and you know that is lacking in a lot of our tv so one thing i do really appreciate about family matters was the fact that they reinforced positive behaviors although this guy was a menace was terrible um it was a great show because it showed black families with black issues um, going middle class, but, you know, raising great kids the best that they could. And it was a really, really good show. And we just need more good shows like it. So shout out to Family Matters. It is available on Hulu. Check out all the seasons. I just love seeing the progression of the characters and, you know, seeing how ultimately Laura does fall for Steve. Um, not Stefan. Well, he does, she does fall for Stefan, but she says, you know, ultimately Steve it just needs to be who he is and she loves him for it. So, you know, kudos to them for music. Um, music has been kind of slow during the holiday season, you know, in Q4 is really not much music out in the, in the last part of the year, except for SZA. Um, she was the only one who really come out with the big album. Um, and of course she's topping the charts with doing her thing kudos to SZA for that because she just stays awesome but I wanted to bring up an artist that you know has not new to the game for real she's been out as an actress for a very long time um since she was little um we've seen her in tv series like star um and she's just been doing her thing throughout the years but she's really getting into her music bag for real um in recent years and it's Ryan Destiny let me tell you something. That girl is gorgeous. She is just absolutely gorgeous from her skin to her lips to her, you know, how she carries herself. She is one of the ones, you know, you know, that part, that group of Normani, you know, J Justine Skye and Lori Harvey. Like she's a part of that kind of group. And she just is very talented, multi-talented um, artist. Like she could sing, dance, act. She's just great. And she just came out with a new song called How Many. And, you know, it's definitely giving 90s vibes. It is, you know, basically talking about how he's being, you know, unfaithful, what she can't, she can't really trust him because he has a track record of just doing all kind of things. And, you know, it's just really one of those 90s, I'm sick of your crap, you know, and I'm a boss and I don't need it type of energy and I really really enjoyed this song um I was surprised actually you know just how much I would like it and she's just doing her thing and the video itself is very sultry it's, it's simple because it's really not much when it comes to um, um a whole bunch of dancers or anything like that or a whole bunch of gyrating <laughs> skin showing and all that she's really just showcasing her it's just her well for a lot of the scenes dark 
dark shadows, you know, uh, neon, uh, lights, her doing sultry moves, her silhouette, like it's really just showcasing her as an artist. And I really enjoyed how it complemented the song as well. So, uh, check it out. It is Ryan destiny. How many, um, she is singing. I can't wait to really hear her, her EP or album where she can maybe showcase her voice a bit more. Cause she does have a great tone and, um, I look forward to seeing what's next for Ryan destiny. So yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode. I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. As always, I look forward to the rest of the year, you know, staying consistent with the episodes. I want you guys to write to me, whether it's email or on the, at the, in the comments, just leave in the comments um, what, you, what topics you would like for me to discuss. Don't be afraid to like, share, and subscribe, and I'll see you guys later on. Bye.